1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking
0: requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of From Hunts to Humans. I'm super excited to have Aaron Bees here today. Um... She is just such an amazing person, and I love her content. Um, you need to follow her on all of her platforms, and she'll share those with you later, um, but she's just fantastic, and I'm excited to share her story today and to talk about all the things that come up. So yeah, hi,
1: Erin. Hey. Hey, guys. Hey, hello, everybody listening. Thank you so much for having me, Danielle. I'm really excited to be here with you.
0: I'm excited for you to be here.
1: I think it's going to be a really cool convo. Yeah. just from what we've kind of been talking about to kind of prep for this. And I think that hopefully it helps some people. Right.
0: Absolutely. I think every, everything helps every little bit. There's always something there that somebody latches
1: onto. Yeah. Um, sure.
0: So yeah. Do you want to just jump right into telling your story and we'll go from there?
1: Yeah. I mean, which part, which part of the story
0: I would, I, I don't know. You have like a lot in yeah. like, so I was I was telling you before we started, I started listening to your podcast to um, prep to talk to you because um, I had consumed mostly your Instagram content um, and your TikTok content prior to that. And I like watched um, a little bit of, I think it was like a YouTube live stream that you and Julie Jo did one day. Oh. And I, like, that was the day I was like, "Aaron needs to be on my podcast. Yes, please.
1: <laughs> That's so awesome.
0: Um, so I don't know, like, do you want to start from the beginning and like slumber parties?
1: Yeah. Um, and for those of you that, um, I guess I'm just meeting, I don't know how to word that because it's a podcast. So we'll just <laughs> go with that, that I'm just meeting. Yeah. Um, I actually was in multi-level marketing for 13 and a half years. I was a part of six companies. I was successful in all of them. The last, well, I mean, I guess I'll just go through kind of all of the companies. Uh, let's see. I joined slumber parties in 2007, the end of 2007. Um, and by the way, we're not going to judge about age. Okay. Let's just not go there. All right. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But, uh, so slumber parties in 2007, slumber parties in 2014 was acquired by pure romance, I stayed in pure romance for about six months and it just wasn't my, wasn't my vibe uh, for a number of reasons. So June of 2014, I believe was when I left. I actually, at that point was not thinking about joining another MLM, but I found out that my former upline that left pure romance was starting her own company. So I joined that and was sued by pure romance so we lost the case. I had to take a year off. In that year, I was like, well, let me try Arbon. So I tried Arbon for a little bit, uh, sold a lot of stuff, didn't make a whole lot of money, and I was pissed off about that. So I was like, well, you know, I'm just we're gonna move to Vegas. So moved from southern New Mexico to Vegas. Uh, and because of the lawsuit, I had to take a year off from romance parties. And so in August of 2015, that was when I joined a company called Love Winks, which is another romance company. And I was with them for, I want to say almost two years or just over two years, because in 2016, I discovered Modair from a Facebook Live, which was where I got connected, reconnected again with Jesse Lee. Uh, so that was two, the summer of 2016. I left Love Wings at the end of that year, took Modair full time. And then in 2017 was when I was terminated from Modair from my association with this leadership chat, um, and, and the words and actions of Jesse Lee, I guess I could say it that way. And then we joined prove it in September of 2017. And I just left MLM for good July of 2021. So it's been a journey.
0: So I feel like one of the things that stuck out for me in your podcast was, um, you know, obviously there's the pattern of, um, MLM hopping which we see so often but also like something like so you actually had a few things that happened to you that were actually like kind of traumatic like you got sued by one and then you got terminated by another Mm -hmm. like it's interesting to me that you still were able to defend the industry after those things happened to you knowing that like I don't really know the whole situation, but I can't imagine that you like really did anything malicious.
1: Yeah. Well, with, uh, with the first, with the pure romance lawsuit, Mm -hmm. I was being sued for basically a breach of contract, even though I had left in June of 2014, I believe it was, um, I was basically in their eyes breaking their contract. Um, they had this stipulation or they did at the time. I don't know if they still do where you couldn't do business with a similar or competing product in the same zip code. I actually was moving out of state. So I was moving from Southern New Mexico to Vegas and we were working on all of that. And so it's really interesting to me that because of that, they were saying that I was breaking the contract. But essentially, what, what what we were sued for, aside from that, was um, it was one of my former friends that was starting a competing company, and one of the employees actually worked for Slumber Parties. So when Slumber Parties was acquired, um, in my opinion, I think this was one of the the reasons that she was sued. That we were all sued was because she was. Very, very involved with the supplying, like the back end of running the romance company, and now was a part of this new company. And so I think they needed to shut that down. So they did for a while, but um, did I do anything wrong in that scenario? No, not a thing. I left a company and joined another one. Literally, that was what I did. Yeah. Um, and then with with the the Modair termination. Um, I was involved in a leadership chat, and in that leadership chat, there were things being said about one of the other top leaders in Modair. That chat was turned over, and even though I didn't say anything like crazy about this person, um, who's not a public figure, so I can't mention his name, uh, because I was associated with it and wasn't willing to just turn over whatever information they thought that I had, um, we were suspended and terminated. And there was a group of us, I think there was eight of us, nine of us, I don't remember. But uh, a group of us was terminated that were in that chat that weren't willing to just give whatever Modair wanted. I don't know. Yeah. So no, I didn't do anything. I think that a lot of the, now that I look back, a lot of the, those, those two situations were who I was associated with, which I find really interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, and then so your last MLM was Prove It. Yeah. So, I haven't gotten to this episode of your podcast, but it looks like you were like hardcore keto. Yep. And now you're n- not really hardcore keto. Like I think
1: you not like, you're not keto at all. Okay, not at all. <laughs> Absolutely not. I had oatmeal for breakfast this morning. Like oh, yes, delicious. I embrace. Yes, it was. I, I love oatmeal. I know that's kind of weird. You either love or hate oatmeal. Yeah, I love oatmeal. I love it.
0: I like oatmeal too. I like to add like all sorts of things to it and make it, I always am like, it's healthy. I'll like add a scoop of peanut butter and then I'll add like honey. And then I add a banana yes. and then before you know it, my oatmeal like 700 calories. And I'm like, this is healthy. Like it's, so eat- <laughs> it's so I good.
1: Mean, I mean, I will, I'll have that before I go and, and do leg day because I need, I need the carbs to get through my leg day, uh, my leg day workout, but, um, yeah, I've definitely had to rework how I look at food because of my time in prove it. And because of my relationship with food and, you know, you're, do- I was doing a 60 hour fast once a month. I was yeah. doing intermittent fasting every day. And so it basically taught me not to one trust myself, but two, uh, really, I really looked at carbs like they were the devil. Yeah. You know, cause that's what everybody was doing.
0: Right. Right. I have, um, I've done keto before. Um, It was right when me and my fiance met and I was doing an egg fast, which I believe was how you started keto. Um, For 11
1: days. I did an egg fast for 11 days.
0: I did an egg fast for, I think, five days. And um, then like the day that it ended, I went to a party and because I was only eating eggs afterwards, I, it wasn't a good
1: situation for me. Yeah. Um, did like, you find that you went like full on binge? Like, oh no, just other, like you just got sick.
0: Substances went through me in ways that yeah. I, I like. I'm an yeah. adult, like, I know how to like handle myself around substances, and like, it wasn't good. <laughs> Yuck, it,
1: yeah, it was terrible. not a good time. No, don't suggest
0: it. 10 out of 10, do not suggest. <laughs>
1: 10 out of 10, I agree. <laughs>
0: um, so, um, I don't know. Do you mind if I like pull from your podcast a little bit more? No, that's not that's at all. Topic. Um, so there was a point in your podcast where you are really passionate about, um, you joined this, it's the right time for you. And yeah. it turned out that your mom was sick. Yeah. And, um, it sounded to me like it just gave you so much belief in the products and in the company and what you were doing. And you, um, where, where do you stand with that now? And do you want to add a little bit more background information? Cause I definitely do that story justice.
1: Yeah. 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 So, uh, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer in, let's see, that was 2000. Nineteen, I think it was the beginning of two thousand nineteen. My my dates might be off a little bit, but um, if anything out of all of this, I think that finding the keto diet—and this is just my personal opinion—for uh, my mom to go through treatment, for her to prep her body, and to go through chemotherapy and all of that stuff, I think that if if that were the only thing out of all of this. Then, then it was worth it to me a hundred percent worth it to me because there's just there's so many studies on keto and cancer and chemotherapy and, and fasting in that arena uh, I'm grateful for that in this podcast that you're talking about I think I'm sharing a little bit about that and at the time you know when you're when you're in the the heat of your MLM you know you're in the thick into the thick of it uh, <laughs> But when you're, when you're into, you know, that kind of mindset, you really think that it's the products that are doing it. You know, I can look back at that time frame, and it was like, well, they are the, the keto diet and drinking ketones in my mind at that time, because my belief was, was so big. I literally thought they were the same things and they're not, they're not the same thing at all. And so, um, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that, that I found the keto diet because I was able to help my mom in, in all of that. Um, but I think it was more the keto diet than ketones that really kind of did anything for her during that time.
0: Yeah. Um, so obviously we're not making any medical claims here. Um, do your research, talk to your doctors. Um, but like there is also a lot of medical research around like the keto diet and how it helps kids with epilepsy. Um, so like, there are some like cool things that can happen in your body when you do this. Um, but it's obviously not meant for everyone. Like you are meant, we are meant to eat carbs to (laughs) everyone. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I I don't
1: think it's, I don't think it's something that should be done long-term unless it is something that your doctor or, you know, a licensed nutritionist suggests for you. I think that there's a lot of people that think that they're doing keto correctly. and. This goes for anybody in an MLM just because you have a, a product and you're like okay well this is ketone so that makes me a keto expert no you're not <laughs> no you're not um always uh, always talk to your doctor so I'm glad that you said that Danielle because definitely my mom was working with her doctor yes. of course
0: yeah so um is your mom better
1: She's great. Yeah, okay. <laughs> she's totally fine. Remission, um she gets ch- checked out and everything has been fine. And then it's, it's just the healing process after chemo. Cause chemo yeah. is so toxic and so hard on the body. Yeah. Um, and so just she's, she's, you know, had to deal with some of those kind of side effects of chemo, yeah. but she's doing fantastic. She's actually, her and my dad are actually coming here to Vegas for Christmas, which is going to be really fun.
0: Oh, that is
1: fun. Yeah, we're excited.
0: Um, so do you feel like all of that happening, like with your mom and like finding like like amuse real science around keto do you feel like that like kind of brought you in further
1: um i think so to a certain extent because when you go through something traumatic like that and you're you're in a cult is essentially what it is in my opinion uh you lean on the cult you know right. so i had a lot of people that were were surrounding me in a sense, um, just to make sure that I was okay. I shouldn't say a number of people. There were a handful of people probably. Um, but did it kind of deepen my belief, I guess. And I, I, I think so. I think so.
0: Yeah. Um, before we started talking, you were saying that you felt like you know, like when we were talking about what mental health things that we wanted to highlight, you said that you didn't really have anything. But after we started recording, I was like, oh my God, no, like this is, that's your thing. That's your thing right there. Like having a family member that goes through something so serious is so traumatic. And a lot of times, um, especially as time goes on and things get better, I don't think we always recognize how much it affects us and how much, um, things play off of each other. And I guess the connection that I'm trying to draw here for people is like, you went through this thing with your mom, with her being sick and having cancer. And like, it happened to correlate with the keto diet, which was part of prove it's like thing. And then all of it just kind of wraps in and like, at what point you know does the thought start going through your head of like, well, I don't really want to do this anymore, but this is helping my mom, so if I stop doing it, then I'm not helping my mom
1: Yeah, well, and I think that those were two different time frames because uh so my mom you know, beat cancer. And, um, I think it's really funny that I'm wearing a hot pink hoodie as we're talking about this too, which is kind of yeah. cool. Um, so she beat cancer and then I want to say the following year was when I started questioning. So mm-hmm. let me back up a little bit because, uh, there, I have lots of traumatic situations from being a yeah. part of MLM, you know, the lawsuits, uh, the, Um, the lawsuits, you know, my mom having cancer, you know, all there's, there's a lot of, of trauma. I'm very, very, very aware of the traumas. Um, and I think that yes, they are sneaky, just like you were saying, there's some things that will pop up and you don't really kind of realize how traumatic it was because you're doing, you know, one foot in front of the other. Right. Um, so it wasn't until 2020 that I really started to question it, Mm -hmm. uh, when I, when I got COVID it, and it was before the tests and stuff came out for COVID. So I didn't know I, it was just diagnosed as an upper respiratory infection, but I was sick for six weeks and it was really, really, really bad. Probably should have been admitted in the hospital. Uh, and it was quiet because I wasn't producing because I wasn't as present uh, it wasn't, I mean, I didn't hear from people outside of my team, our our team, we had a lot of people that were really close. And so, mm-hmm. you know, they were, they were checking on me and telling me to get back in bed kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like the big team, there wasn't a lot of, Hey, I haven't seen you like what's going on. You know? Um, it wasn't until I, messaged Jesse Lee at some point and was like, I'm not going to be on the zoom today. Cause it was a leadership zoom. So like, you don't miss leadership zooms. And I said, I'm not going to be on it. I'm going to, I'm going to be in bed. And she was like, what, what's going on? I'm like, I've been sick for like a month. Like I've been talking about it. Like, you haven't, haven't heard from you. You know what I mean? So, um, that was when I really started to question who am I spending time with? why am I valuing words from these people around me when they could, you know, care less that I'm this sick? Yeah. You know, I mean, and so that was really kind of this process for me was took, it took a really long time. You know, I was sick and only had a limited amount of time and energy each day that I could be productive. And so it taught me to really kind of pay attention to what was the most important, obviously my family, you know, I don't even know how I was getting the kids to school and back. I mean, I know I was, I was taking them, but that time frame was so crazy. And so looking at who and what I was spending time on was a really important lesson for me at that time. And then after it was kind of like, it's like, once you see something and you, there's no going back. Yeah. I I'll, you know what I mean? That's that's kind of what that moment was for me was I'm not going back to that. I'm not gonna jump when she asked me to jump. I'm not doing any of that.
0: Right. Uh I also noticed in your podcast that like I, I don't remember if I said it while we were recording or not, but I listened to the first couple when you were still um all in, and then I kind of jumped to the end of that year, which is right when you were talking about you had talked about in your podcast that you took a break. And that, you know, things had slowed down, but, like, that didn't mean that you were gone. And yeah. um, and then, like, it, the next few podcasts that you kind of did were around how to relaunch. So, and, you know, kind of looking at it from an outsider, I was like, oh, like, and also relating my experiences to it, like, I was in grad school for a big part of my time, and, and I like stopped to do my internship because I just couldn't do it all. Yeah. Um, So I like stopped to do my internship and then I tried to relaunch my business. And that was like, I felt very related to you in that where it's like, you're trying to like claw back up into like rebuilding and like be happy and excited about it. When in reality, you're like, this really sucks.
1: <laughs> yeah. I kind of feel like the relaunch thing is, almost like a cry for help a little bit, you know, I'm relaunching my business. And it's, it's almost like when I see somebody comment or post or whatever, that they're, they're relaunching their business. To me, it's almost like, I don't want to do this, but my leader has suggested me to relaunch. So I'm going to relaunch, I'm going to act like I'm brand new. And I think the reason that they, They use that term relaunch is because they're trying to replicate the same excitement from when you started, because when you start, it's the excitement that brings people in has nothing to do with necessarily the products or the quote unquote opportunity. I think it has everything to do with your energy when you first start. So when I see people talking about that, I'm like, Oh, like I can see the little crack, that little crack of them questioning what it is that they're doing.
0: Yep. I totally agree. I absolutely agree. I tried to relaunch my Plexus business. I don't even know how many times. And every time I did it, it was like, hoorah for like one day. And then I was like, all right, well, like I have a life and I need to get stuff done. And if somebody wants something, they know that I do this. So whatever, which obviously does not work at all. Like, I mean, MLMs don't work, but like when you go into it with that attitude, it absolutely doesn't work.
1: Yeah. That's definitely not going to be the energy that allows you to message hundreds of people a day.
0: No, no,
1: (laughs) no, we're not going to do that.
0: Um, which MLM were you the most successful in?
1: Um, probably prove it. Yeah. I was very, I mean, I was successful in all of them. I was on the advisory board in slumber parties. Um, I was, I don't remember the ranks in, I don't remember all of the ranks in the comp plan in the, in the previous companies, but I was in leadership in every single company. Um, I think in Modera, I hit director. I don't remember. Um, but in prove it, I was in the top 0.38%. So, um, I was a car earner. I was a six figure earner. Um, so I would say prove it was probably the most successful. Yeah.
0: Wow. Wow. It's just so interesting to me too. Like, and so many of the stories that we hear on this podcast are typically from people that stay at the bottom. Um, so I think it's really interesting when like, we get people like you who have been all the way at the top and they see it like, what was the breaking point for
1: you? Um, the breaking point for me was seeing that my team's income was not changing, you know, it didn't, it didn't matter what programs i put in place, what systems i put in place, it didn't matter how many zooms or working zooms or any of those things, you know, that we did, that i did, the, it didn't matter the amount of coaching calls or whatever that i did with them. it was the model. Yep. so i was pouring all this time and energy in these people that i i believed in these people, i still believe in these people. Mm-hmm. but it was in it, we were we were in the wrong platform we were, we were following an MLM business model that was designed for 99% of the people to fail. And while I was making money, they were not. Yeah. And I've, i talked about this before, but I kind of feel like, you know, I almost, there was almost a crossroad in 2020. So I started to get better. Um, I started to think, okay, we can do network marketing different. We can do multi-level marketing different. We'll do our own thing and it'll be a different energy. And we see that a lot, a lot of times with some of these kind of, uh, network marketing gurus that are trying, you know, we see them on Instagram. You guys know who I'm talking about. We're going to do it differently. Well, you can't do it differently. It's the same model. You could use different words. Maybe you can introduce somewhat of a different strategy, but (laughs) it's, it's all the same. And so Um, I started to really see it for what it was and it took me a long time to one process the fact that even though my intentions were good, I wanted these people to make money for their family or whatever their, whatever their goals were. I wanted them to, I wanted to help them reach their goals just by participating in it. I was hurting people
0: Yeah,
1: because the way I was feeling with you know, making the next rank or, or, you know, just it, it you know, becoming a six figure earner, they were feeling that way about being able to make their, you know, hundred dollars. Yeah. And the only way that I was going to move up was to, in a sense, kind of sacrifice more of these people that weren't hitting their goals. And I wasn't okay with that. I've never been okay with that. Yeah. So that was for me, for me, that was the, the, the crack That was the crack where I was like, ah, this doesn't feel right. Like, why is this not working?
0: Yeah. Was there like, did you end up finding anti MLM content? Was that like, like, how did you like fully, fully dip out?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, all of 2020, I felt like I spent not all of the the tail end of 2020. I feel like I spent going within Mm -hmm. lots of journaling, um, lots of meditation, lots of just focusing on me and healing, um, lots of apologies <laughs> to a lot of people. And so it wasn't until this year, actually, uh, funny enough, I was on TikTok. And I want to say this was March of this year, I'd been trying to figure out, okay, if I'm done with multi-level marketing, what's, what do I do? You know, what do I fill that time and that space and that energy with? And I was on TikTok and um, I came across one of Roberta's TikToks, Roberta Blevins, if you guys don't know. And
0: if I got they mad don't know at her. By
1: now. I probably talk about her at least once an episode. <laughs> yeah. I, I I immediately got mad at her. I got I got mad at this person that was creating anti-MLM content. And I told her about this the other day and she was cracking up. And I said, Yeah, I was mad at you. And I said, I immediately swiped down a couple videos, like <laughs> like aggressively. And I was like, I'm not going to listen to that. And then I stopped for a second and it was just like, but you've never listened to it. You've never listened to the other side because there wasn't another side for the longest time. When I joined in 2007, there was no anti MLM community. I don't even think there was anything such as an, an income disclosure statement in 2007. I don't think that was even a thing, honestly. And so I went back and I said, you've never listened to the other side. So just sit here and listen. And I listened and I I think she was talking about front loading. I think that was one of the videos where I was, uh, she was talking about front loading. I don't remember the company. I don't remember anything else, but I literally turned and I looked at my countertop full of ketones and I said, everything she's talking about is, is dead on. And then I watched some of her other videos and I really, for the first time watched without judgment and I just listened. And everything that she was saying was happening that, you know, the, the time control, the uh, information, you know, the bite model, she was talking about all of that stuff. And I was like, God, this happens like, you know, and I, and I was putting specific examples from my current situation and past companies. And I was like, this is making a whole lot of sense. And at that point, I just started binging. I, I and, and maybe that's some of you guys listening, but um, I started binging on anything anti MLM, which was how I found um, Julie Joe and Chelsea and Jessica Hickson. And I started watching YouTube videos and I was like, oh my God. And then it was, I guess this summer when I first saw Savannah Marie's video on Jesse Lee. And then Chelsea did one and Julie Jo did one. And I was just like, these people are talking about the scenario. Oh my God, there was so much fear. Even though I was like, I'm done. I'm like, I I'm absolutely done. There was so much fear for me around that because I was like, oh my God, y'all are going to get sued and, blah, 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 blah. you know, and uh, watching all that unfold this summer was really, really interesting to me. And When I left in July, I didn't have any intention of speaking out and Julie, Joe, and I laugh about this and Chelsea too, because I would message them and say, Hey, I just want to be kind of a quiet resource. So if you guys have questions about prove it or whatever, just, you know, let me know I'll, I'll do anything that I can to help. And then it was like, one day I woke up and I was just like, no, you have to speak on this because there are far too many people hurting. And I started my YouTube channel in August and it's been bananas since. Yeah. Um,
0: so can you explain who Jesse Lee is for anyone that doesn't know? Cause we've kind of just passively mentioned her. A bunch yeah. Of times.
1: yeah. So, um, Jesse Lee Ward was my direct leader in prove it, but her and I go back all the way to slumber parties. So her, we were both in the company. We were both on the advisory board. We knew who one another was, but didn't really interact a whole lot. Uh, the Facebook live that I watched in 2016 when I joined Modair was her live. Um, and that was how her and I reconnected. And that was how I joined Modere and And here we are. So um, I hope that answers your question.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think so. Um, so I think that so for anyone that doesn't know, like there was a bunch of kind of drama in the anti-MLM world where we were watching Jesse Leeward kind of go through go through it really um, and we've just been really noticing a lot of I mean, there really isn't warning signs
1: they, I don't know what to call that warning signs
0: tactics?
1: <laughs> yeah
0: um, and how was that for you to like watch all of this go down and know her?
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it's not easy um, because I do really feel like the only way for me to right wrongs that I have committed is to speak on it and to prevent people from joining. But then being human and watching somebody I don't even know what to call that. So watching somebody spiral, what appears to be spiraling, is really hard at times for me to process. So it's almost kind of like a, I don't know if it's a double-edged sword. You know, I there's there before I started speaking about Prove It, there wasn't a whole lot of information in the anti-MLM community about Prove It. There was, you know, little things here and there, but. I've really kind of started really exposing kind of the inner workings of that. And so that part is, is really, really important to me. But at the same time, if I'm going to talk about that, I know that I'm also exposing her and her systems and watching her spiral. I know is what I'm doing is also adding to that. So that's hard for me to, to process. I almost feel like I have to put them in different compartments.
0: Yeah. Yeah no I I agree I can't I can't imagine being in your shoes and like knowing that you need to like tell everyone what's going on and what to be aware of but also having this person that you know was your friend
1: yeah yeah we spent a lot of time together
0: yeah yeah uh you went on that private jet with her
1: yeah. That was just for pictures. <laughs> we didn't travel anywhere. It was just, it, it was just pictures. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Um, so
1: what is she like in real life and not on camera? She's very quiet in real life, depending on who's around. Um, I feel like I mean, from back from when I used to do parties, there was a, we used to talk about party personalities, you know, because we would say, oh, well, anybody can do this and just turn your party personality on. And you would be bubbly and outgoing and you'd be making the jokes. And I feel like what we're seeing now is that party personality. And this is just my opinion is turned on all the time. Yeah. And to me, that's sad. Yeah. You know, I, I understand how powerful stillness and quiet is for so many reasons, healing, um, inspiration, you know, there's just so many things that happen that can only happen in stillness. And when you are filling and, and bragging about working, you know, 16, 18 hours a day, where's the, where, where's the stillness? Where's the where's the healing, you know? And I, I, I just see somebody hurting so bad and it's, it, it it's, yeah, she's, she's quiet in real, per, in in real life. But when certain people are around that party personality is out in full swing.
0: Yeah. Um, when I watched, she actually started coming up on my TikTok page. I don't know why the algorithm thinks I want to see her. Um, but when I watched her it was literally just the other day I couldn't help but wonder like what was really going on in her head because it just it feels so much like that pasted on like cheerleader personality kind of yeah uh like rah rah get it done but also like a hard ass
1: <laughs> yeah mixed with some toxic positivity. Everything's fine. Yeah. Nope. We're good. We're growing. You know, I, I think that was one of the things that I saw recently was, you know, 11 years of, of constant growth year after year. And I'm kind of like, that does I mean, it's not how growth works, you know? No, you need
0: periods of time to heal and like like when you're building muscle like you rip your muscle apart and then it grows back stronger Um, obviously that's not the right analogy for all situations but um you know there's usually some sort of period of rest that takes place for you to grow because you need reflection you need to be able to be aware on some level of what's going on otherwise it's really not real growth it's all superficial
1: yeah I definitely, I definitely feel like, I definitely feel like wounds are being hidden and that makes me sad for her. Yeah. You know, I can't imagine feeling that way. I mean, just from how I felt being a part of prove it and, and I, you know, several other companies, I don't think to the, the magnitude that it was with prove it. But just knowing how I felt, you know, you you go through and and there's times where you feel like you're not doing enough. There's times where you feel like you're doing all of the things and it's and and it's not working. There's times where you feel like this doesn't make any sense, and you have all of these emotions and these feelings of inadequacy that a lot of people don't talk about. But that is, I I picture like an arm wrestling match, and the MLM has you. When you start feeling that way, they, they just won that arm wrestling match because now they have those emotions and feelings that you're experiencing. And whether you say anything or not, uh, you know, they'll say things like leader show up or, you know, um, you've got to show up to go up and like all of these kind of one liner things. Yep. And it's like, well, but I want that success, even though I'm feeling this way, I'm going to show up. And so the MLM has you at that point, you know, it's, it's fully consumed your life. If you're willing, because of those emotions and that vulnerability in that state, you know, you're going to miss out on some of the things that you've planned with your kids or for yourself or with your partner or with your friends in order to get on those Zooms and stuff. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, total pivot. Um.
1: <laughs> I mean- um-
0: so part of my story is that, um, I was on products and then I stopped taking products and, um, had severe withdrawal effects. Um, oh, wow. and that gave me suicidal ideations.
1: Oh, like, wow. It was, it was
0: very intense. So the reason I bring that up though, is because I know that you've recently been doing, um, uh, research into the new prove it products. Um, yes. I don't know what. You have to say about that, but- I
1: have a lot to say about that.
0: (laughs) um, But the, I guess what I want to say by not saying it very eloquently is that the MLM, like why we don't like MLMs and why we work so hard isn't because of the products. However, my story is very much linked to the products. And now there's this new product out that is also harmful. So I'd love for you to speak on what you've done or what you know about
1: it and to help people that might be listening, understand what's going on. Yeah. Um, so when you compare the, the keto nat, and I'm not a scientist, you know, I'm somebody that's, that's done a little bit of research and, you know, talk to, talk to some people, that kind of thing. So, um, take this with a grain of salt. Uh, however, when you compare keto nat and you compare the fueled by ketones, Are fueled by female, that's the name of it, fueled by female ketones. They've added vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin E, uh, folate. Um, They've added organic licorice root. And there was one other thing, I can't remember the name of it right now, but they've added these ingredients. The vitamin D has like 3000% the daily recommended dose. And too much vitamin D can actually cause um, toxicity within the body and it can throw off calcium levels.
0: Yeah. I mean, so people don't think that you can overdose on vitamins, but you 100% can. One time I was sick and I was like determined to beat this cold and I was taking like vitamin C supplements, like every hour I was taking like different sorts of vitamin C supplements and I 100% overdosed on vitamin C. Like I didn't need to go to the hospital or anything, but like I felt so sick yeah like like do not overtake supplements
1: yeah it's really scary because just like you said most people don't really think about that um but there's a lot of there's a lot of issues around licorice root powder and you guys can google that yourselves i mean i think you should anyways uh but there's you know some some real issues around interfering with somebody with high blood pressure um there's claims that they're making that it can help balance women's hormones. You know, this whole, this whole product is geared towards women. And I think that it is so problematic for so many reasons. One, you're you're making these medical claims that you can balance women's hormones Well, you're targeting a very specific market, infertility, PCOS, Um, pre-menopausal menopausal menopausal women, you know, you're, you're targeting a specific group of women, you're a specific demographic. And I think that that's really problematic and really predatory when you really look at it. Um, The other reason that they're doing that is because they know that the majority of their promoters are women. The majority of people in MLMs are women. So why would they not put a men and a women's product out at the same time. Well, because they know they're going to make more money on the women's product and they've added a couple things, you know, so they can say, Oh, this is, you know, for supporting women. And now all of their promoters are going to go in because the majority of promoters are women. They're going to go in and order two boxes, just like they've been coached to do. And I think that it is a money grab. I think that um, it's an example of pink tax, I think that it is extremely predatory. And I think that if you have underlying medical conditions, high blood pressure, anything with hormones, do not mess with it. And this is just my personal opinion. Go talk to your doctor, especially when it comes to women's hormones, because if your hormones are off and then you take something like that, like it's an MLM product.
0: Yeah. So I think that there's a whole nother layer to this too, which is, the gaslighting that happens across healthcare for women um, and how much has been uh, kind of uh, swept away and dismissed, yeah. uh, especially when it comes to PCOS and hormones and things like that. Um, the answer has always just been take birth control, yep. which um, I'm learning a lot now about how that is not the answer to everything. Um, and for women who are desperately looking for answers and who have been gaslit by the medical community, they're going to fall into that and they're going to say, Oh, look at something natural that can help me quote unquote Mm -hmm. on the word natural. Yeah.
1: Um, I think that's terrifying to think about that.
0: It's, it's very scary. It's very scary. And You know, in the long run, it's going to potentially cause health issues and it's going to cause people to go into debt over products that at
1: best do nothing. Yeah. Cause they think it's helping them. I mean, it, it, it probably is giving you more energy because it's, it's got, okay, it's got ketones, it's got beta hydroxybutyrate, it has vitamin B6 and B12. You're going to get energy from it, you know, but you could get that from anything. That's, yeah. I mean, drink a Red Bull. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm drinking a non MLM energy drink right now, and while maybe the caffeine is not your jam, I'm unaffected by it. You know, but uh, there's so many other sources if you're looking for energy that isn't supporting a predatory model. Right. You know.
0: Exactly, and you know, I I would say for any woman who is listening to this and like got excited. Perhaps by the fact that there was a product out there like that, like try another doctor, just keep trying other doctors. I know how frustrating it is to bounce from doctor to doctor to try to find someone that will actually listen to you, Yeah. but do it. It's your health. You have every right to change doctors. Who cares if they lose another client? Like you need to do what's right for you.
1: And you're your biggest advocate. So if you don't speak up, then who's going to speak up for you? Yeah. And
0: I'm sure that there are a bunch of quote, like there probably, re- there are some real doctors out there that probably do say like something nice about those products, but they're usually all like paid off or they're also brainwashed by the, the cult. Yeah.
1: yeah. Or they're a part of the company.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like it does. People think that, you know, the higher your education level is, the less likely you are to join an MLM. And it's not true because yeah. it can really affect anyone. It's manipulation. And a lot of times, you know, especially like, ner- like I say this all the time, nurses, mental health counselors, lawyers, um, doctors, we're all out there trying to help people. And a lot of these MLMs prey on that and they offer quote unquote, a way to help people without going to school.
1: Yeah. Especially health and wellness companies. Yes. Especially health and wellness companies. Like, oh, you want to help people? All right. Here's how we're helping people. We're helping them get into ketosis or we're helping them, you know, fast for 60 hours or, you know, and, and not everybody should be doing you know, a 60 hour fast, not everybody should be doing a 24 hour fast. That's going to be up to you and your doctor, you know? So then you have these, these people that are in the medical field that are saying, you know, Oh no, this is safe. This is safe. Well, um, are you getting a full medical history on this person? You're selling ketones or the reboot kit to? You're probably not. You don't know what they're dealing with. You don't know, you know, all the the medical history and all of that stuff. And I think that's probably the scariest part. Uh, about some of these health and wellness companies is that now these people w- with these medical degrees are, are saying, oh, well, you know, no, you're fine. You're fine. You can go ahead and take this product, but you don't know like what medications are they on? Are they supposed to avoid vitamin whatever? Yeah. You know, salt was always an issue because there's like 900 milligrams of salt in KetoNAT or something like that. And so there were people that are supposed to avoid salt that want to take the product and are like, oh my God, this has like so much salt in it. And then you get these vague answers from the company. Oh, it's to replace your electrolytes. 900 milligrams? I don't know. That doesn't lot. make any sense to me. Seems like a lot.
0: That, yeah, that is a lot. And you got uh, people who are literally like, avoiding salting their food because they're so concerned about their salt intake. Yep. being pressured to try these products that yep. are not going to help them if that's the case. Mhm. Yeah. No, my dog. Um <laughs> I'm sure I don't think anyone can actually hear her, but I can. <laughs> um She's literally outside my window right here barking. So I can't really even hear her. Um, so anyways, so I totally lost my train of thought. She always distracts me. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like the kids coming in and asking for something. I totally get it.
0: Yeah. Um, so. So bouncing back no I don't want to talk about that anymore (laughs) I was gonna pass back to Jessie Lee and then like I I just don't know what else I would ask about her um because I just I just hope that she finds support and wellness and also finds anti-MLM and stops suing everyone um (laughs)
1: agreed agreed I I hope that she gets the help that it appears that she needs. Yeah.
0: Has she tried to sue you for speaking out?
1: No. That's good. No. Yeah, I don't. uh, I mean, yeah, no, she hasn't. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think, I, I think that if you are not using protective language you're not using disclaimers mm-hmm. you know and you're just uh running your mouth and and I'm sharing my story yeah I'm sharing my experiences you know and at the end of the day it's all my opinion based on my experiences so you know yeah take it or leave it I guess I don't know yeah
0: um all right. Is there anything that you want to talk about before I ask my weird final question for you?
1: No, but I'm excited for your weird final question.
0: Okay. So it's whatever year it's going to be. And we're having a giant anti-MLM potluck. What are you going to bring to the potluck?
1: Mac and cheese. Duh. Great. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That
0: like right off Baked the Baked
1: mac and cheese. Not like the Velveeta mac yeah. and cheese. Like-
0: no good baked
1: yes the good stuff I like
0: have these really elaborate dreams that we're gonna have uh anti-MLM like pizza party or something how fun yeah I know (laughs) um because I really loved going to convention like I know that it was like a giant brainwashing thing, and as Roberto calls it, a troll party.
1: Oh, it um, really, oh my God.
0: <laughs> like, I totally agree. And like, it doesn't need to have all of that, but it could just have all of us being excited together. I think it would like, be awesome. Yeah. And eating pizza and mac and cheese or whatever, and training people on how to actually appropriately report to the FTC.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I think, I mean, the anti-MLM community has been huge for me because I think when you're getting out of an MLM, that's one of the things that you fear the most is, but I'm going to lose my friends. You are, I'm just going to speak very bluntly. There's going to be a lot of people that turn their back on you and that's okay. Because the, what you're going to find is you're going to, you're going to make some really cool friendships within the anti-MLM community, you know, and it's not, my friend Dre talks about this. It's not based off of a, it's not a transactional friendship. Yeah. It's a real friendship. You know, we're not, we're not benefiting financially from, you know, talking on this, on this podcast necessarily, you know, uh, we're sharing our experiences and, and, and hopefully educating a lot of people and that's enough,
0: yep. you know? Yeah. And it's fun
1: and it's fun and, and if- it's therapeutic. It is it's healing. It's 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 important to tell your story because as you tell your story, you're you're shining light on the areas that you need to continue to heal. You know.
0: Yeah. And um, I totally just lost it again. Oh my <laughs> god! <sighs> all right. Well, we whatever. talked about a lot of stuff. We, we did. We went all over the place. And I yeah. loved it.
1: Me too. I was so, on here
0: for. It can you tell everyone where they can find you?
1: Yeah. So uh, I'm probably the most active on Instagram and YouTube. So you can find me on Instagram at the real beast mode. And it's spelled just like my last name, B I E S T mode. Um, so you can follow me there. You can subscribe to my channel on YouTube. It's under Aaron bees. Uh, tick is beast mode LV. And I'm really kind of phasing Facebook out. So don't, don't worry about that. Just those are the three areas. I have a podcast called the beast mode podcast that's on all the platforms as well. Um,
0: so if somebody, so if you start from the beginning of your podcast, you're in MLM land, where would you recommend people start if they do not want to be in
1: MLM land? If you don't want to be in MLM land. And by the way, I left that there on purpose because I, I thought about deleting all of that stuff but it's a part of my journey and it's nothing to be ashamed of. So if that's how you're feeling, you know, as you're listening, then just know that you have nothing to be ashamed of. Um, I would say probably start this from this summer. So July ish, okay. July,
0: 2021. 2021. So midway through
1: season three, midway through season three is what I would suggest.
0: Awesome. Um, I've kind of like
1: been listening to like clips of each one
0: to kind of get a little snapshot of where you're at. And then I'll be like, okay,
1: (laughs) what's really interesting is you, and I'm sure you've noticed this is my cadence has changed. I used to be like all over the place. Mm -hmm. And now I'm very, very calm and my cadence is very calm, you know, and And it wasn't like that when I used to go live or when I would record a podcast, it was like, I had to have this, it was the party personality. That's, that's what that was.
0: See, like I, and I haven't actually gotten to your anti MLM like stuff yet in your podcast. So I, all of the feedback I've given you has been based off of your party personality then, which I still feel like is very calm and relaxing. Like you have a very like even like tone to your voice. Thank you. And you're welcome. And I really think that you should utilize it. I really want, I'm participating, pa- partici- partitioning,
1: partitioning. <laughs> For you I love to
0: it. Start. Um, I don't know, like ASMR or like meditation.
1: Oh my God. That would be so fun. Like the oh my ASMR God. would be anti MLM ASMR. <laughs> That would be so fun. I've actually, like I was telling you on Instagram the other day, I've, I've actually been, have been thinking about for quite some time doing some kind of meditation because meditation is such a big deal. It's such a, a powerful tool in my life that I think it would be kind of cool to do some kind of a meditation, maybe like bonus episodes or something like that, because I'm really focused on other people's helping other people tell their stories on my podcast. Um, that just kind of. I quote unquote stumbled upon upon that. I I asked if anybody wanted to be a guest on my podcast. And it was like, I instantly had four people, you know, that were like, yes. And so I was like, okay, well, let me schedule this. And so there's a lot of people that have stories to be told, which is so powerful.
0: Yeah. This week I have, uh, three other people scheduled.
1: Yeah. It's it's crazy. Right. But it's so cool.
0: It never stops But I, as long as there are people that want to tell their story, I think that it's great that we have so many places. Like if somebody wants to tell their story three times, awesome, do it. Like tell yeah. your story on every podcast you can. So as many people can hear it as they, as you want to, because yeah. each time you tell your story, you're going to heal a little bit more. Yes. And also you're going to help others heal a little bit more. Yeah. So I think it's so great that we have so many places where people are telling their stories. Yeah.
1: It's, it's beautiful. Honestly. It really is. And I think that's probably one of the things I love about our community so much is, we are absolutely wanting to heal for ourselves, but we're just as invested in helping other people heal, whether that looks like preventing them from joining an MLM, helping them get out, um, or just, oh my gosh, like uh, the healing process after getting out, because I think that that, that definitely is a little bit of a gap that we have in the community, a little hole in the community is, uh, helping people get out. What are some steps that people can do to, to, to get out of their MLM if they're in it, because financially they have to be in it, or they think that they have to be in it. I think there's a lot of people that think that they have to be in it, but if they were really to look at what it was costing versus what they're making that like that kind of thing, I think it would be a little easier to step away. Um, but I think that there needs to be some more focus from us as anti MLM creators with how we can help people get out and how we can help them heal. You know, we, we do a lot with education and that's so important, but I think these other two areas are just as important.
0: Yeah. Well then, you know, do you have a couple minutes where we can talk about that? Yeah. All right, great. Let's, let's add it to this episode. Let's do it. So I would say if you were to ask me how to get out, I would say quietly, Um, I would say slowly stop showing up. Yes. Um, and get out quietly and then,
1: you know, then you're out. Yeah. Create Um, stillness for yourself. Yeah. Because one of the things that MLMs are notorious for is creating chaos when you're in a state of chaos. And maybe that looks like you know, uh, a daily zoom or training or listen to this podcast, or, you know, they talk about all, you know, all the time, fill up your time with stuff, content, watching videos, podcasts, whatever, you know, you should, you, there should not be an idle moment in your day is what MLMs coach people to do. And the reason that they do that is because they're trying to control the information that you are receiving. Yes. Yeah. So in that information being received, you know, whether it's a podcast or whatever, it's preventing stillness where you can step away from the chaos and go, okay, but this doesn't feel good. Why doesn't this feel good? This doesn't feel right. Why doesn't this feel right? I, I, I mean, at at one point I was getting stomach aches when I was getting off zooms and I was like, why does my stomach hurt? I felt fine before I got on the zoom. And as soon as I got on there and started to, to receive the indoctrination is essentially what it was. My body was literally rejecting it. Yeah. You know, energetically was just rejecting it. And I think that, just like you said, Danielle, create some stillness and start connecting with your thoughts, emotions, and feelings.
0: Yeah. The other thing, like deprogramming wise, like for me, I just binged at like anything I could get my hands on at first because. I was so nervous when I first got out that if I heard like my upline probably could have reached out to me and she could have said whatever the right thing was. And I would have been like, okay, I'll try again. Um, 100%. Or like I'm getting married in a few months and like, I'm trying really hard not to care about my weight and value myself more than what the number on the scale says, but it's so hard, especially when you have an event, like
1: a wedding coming up
0: to ignore that thought in your head.
1: Um, which is a very vulnerable place for somebody to be in. And that's what MLMs look for that right there. That just that little moment of, I'm not happy with how I'm feeling, how I think I look, Yep. You know, I'm not, I, because we have a skewed perception of that. And so it's those moments of vulnerability are what their posts are. It, it's a, it's a fishing net. Yeah. They're sharing their vulnerability, you know, and they're casting that, that fishing net and moments like that. And I'm so glad that you said that Danielle, because that's exactly what they're looking for. Those little,
0: those little things like yeah. that, like that can get you. And I'm just like, no, like I would have, I would have been primed for another MLM. Oh, if yeah. I didn't go to anti MLM, if I didn't binge Roberta Levin's podcast and watch a bunch of uh, Chelsea Suarez's videos, yep. I 100% would have probably done Octavia.
1: Oh yeah. Which is like, Holy predatory when you yeah. are suggesting people to have a stick of gum as a snack recommendation. Yeah. No, that's horrible.
0: All set. Ugh, no, thanks. I'll come over and eat oatmeal with you.
1: <laughs> come on. Make some oatmeal. <laughs> uh, love um, and then I
0: don't know. Like, I. I'm not really sure if I have any other, like, I mean, obviously you could kind of go with the ripping the bandaid off method of trying to get out and just like cancel everything and then ghost everyone. Or you can try to message people and tell them why you're leaving. But I'm the stories that I've heard of people doing that, it usually ends up with a lot of backlash and a lot of people get roped back in.
1: I think that either of those scenarios, you're going to receive some kind of backlash. Yeah. They're going to say something about you. Oh, well, look, she, she was not that successful. Look at her numbers. They dropped from blah, 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 to blah, 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 blah. Well, yeah, because I was questioning the business. That's a very normal thing. Yeah. You know, Uh, I think that if you are questioning the MLM that you're a part of, expect that expect for them to say awful things about you, but also remember that these aren't really your friends. They're transactional relationships. They're in it because, oh, well, we have this common thing. We're both a part of this cult. We're both a part of this pyramid scheme. And in that we're feeling the same, we're doing the same things. And so when you start to stop doing the same things, You are the outlier. You are the person that's like, oh, well, you know, look at them. And they have to discredit what you are doing and saying or attempt to discredit what you're doing and saying if you're speaking out and ripping the bandaid off, because you have the potential after being on the inside of the cult to help people leave that very same cult, which is going to impact their money, your leader's money. And they don't want that they don't want that to happen so they're going to smear campaign you they're going to you know passive aggressive posts about you without saying your name they think that they're slick and here's what i need you guys to remember because this was something and i i will say this literally on every podcast that i'm a part of you determine the value of people's words so pay attention that you are not valuing those people's words they can say whatever they want about me i don't care i have no skeletons in the closet. I'm not saying anything that isn't true. You know, they can say whatever they want. And it took me a long time to get to that point because I was valuing the wrong people's words. So if you expect it, then it's not so hopefully, hopefully my hope for you guys is that it's not as traumatic. Um, but understand that they're just as scared as you are. Yeah. you're leaving, you know, for whatever reason, they're scared that you're right. So they have to speak up against you so that their people don't follow you and leave the same thing.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Snaps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't, I like, is there another way to leave other than quietly that I mean like, you still have the chance obviously of getting backlash if you leave quietly. It's just that in most situations when you leave quietly, they already don't care about you because your numbers are so low like you slowly let everything kind of go. Yeah. And you know, then you just cancel your membership when it's about to renew and yep. Don't forget. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I mean, you could totally rip the bandaid off and just start speaking out. Do I suggest that? No. Um, and the reason that I don't suggest that is because in my opinion, I feel like you're kind of jipping yourself on time to heal your way out of it. You know, that's something that I talk about. I healed my way out of it. I took the time to go within, I spent time in stillness and I, I asked myself, you know, you know why do I feel this way? I cried, I I laughed, I screamed, I journaled, I meditated, and I did all of these things. You know, and it was a part of of the journey for me and the healing. You know, when I look back on 2020 and the beginning of this year, you know, I was I was preparing to be able to help other people, but I had to help myself first. It's it's the oxygen mask going on you first before you help other people and i'm a fan of that i think that that's really really important so if if you are like well which direction should i go should i leave quietly i'm always going to say leave quietly because it's going to give you the opportunity to heal and to focus on you because if you've been in an mlm for any period of time you haven't focused on yourself in a very long time and so there's going to be kind of a reconnection process there that you really should honor You know, if you if you kind of come out guns blazing and you're leaving and you're joining another company, you know, and you're bashing the other company, and we see we see this pattern all the time, or you decide to just speak out from the beginning. I I just think that you're gonna jip yourself on that time to really reconnect with yourself and prepare if you do feel called to share your journey. And I hope you guys do, because your journey, your story is gonna help other people, but give yourself time to to heal first and just sometimes you just have to ask yourself how do I feel today how do I feel today
0: and you know I can't remember who said it I think it was Stephen Hassan said it on a little bit culty I think he actually says that you should be taking years before you start speaking out so uh me and you did
1: it wrong according to him <laughs> well we came out guns blazing I guess yeah <laughs> I mean, if, when I think back, I, I think that all of 2020, I was really focusing on me to a certain extent. I think it started with me getting COVID. And so all of, all of last year and the first part of this year was really kind of a big chunk of my healing journey on, on getting out of the MLM. Um, but I can definitely understand take years because it's like an onion, you know, there's so many layers like today you're going to be triggered by the craziest things. So today I'm at the gym and a song from an event comes up and I'm instantly triggered. And I'm like, you know, and I'm like, wait, hold on a second. I don't have to allow that to trigger me, you know? And so I listened to the song and I listened to the song and I listened to the song and I was like, okay, let's replace this because I think that there's a certain amount of taking the power back that you're going to have to do. And for me, this song, which is something so small, Mm -hmm. you know, but that's what happens. You you've spent this time. um, You've spent this time at these events or around these people. And so there's going to be thoughts and things that come up that literally kind of slap you in the face that you didn't realize were an issue for you. Mm -hmm. For me, it was a song this morning and I was just like, okay, I'm going to listen to this. So what did I do? I put that song on repeat during my workout. Wow. And I just listened to it. And I listened to the words. And I was remembering the person that this, this song was associated with. And when I really listened to the words, it was almost kind of like this person was telling on themselves. And, and if if that person felt so strongly about that song and it was telling on themselves, what am I hanging on to that for? You know? Yeah. It was just, it was, it was so interesting. And so today I've been listening to some of these songs on repeat as, as just part of my healing process and taking back the power, you know, and I'm like, these are good songs. I don't need to associate that memory with it. I need to take back my power. You know?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There are like, before it was like, doing a podcast and everything i had like posted on my personal instagram like what what triggers you like what mlm things trigger you and it was so interesting like everything that came in um like and megan um said it in our last podcast that she gets triggered by people voice messaging each other now oh that's funny I, i get it but like i don't know i'm not I'm not a type
1: one of the, uh, one of my triggers actually was colored hair really in all of 2020. If you go back and you look at any of my pictures, I had blonde hair. I was against putting bright colors in my hair. It's only been this year that I was ready, which makes sense with my healing journey. Yeah, It makes total sense. I was taking back because I mean, I've always wanted to have colored hair. I've always wanted to have fun with my hair. And I, that was one of the things that I did when I was improving. And that was kind of one of the things that is, you know, the team is kind of known for, you know, there were so many times that people would meet me and they'd be like, oh, you must be on Jesse Lee's team. And I'm like, hi, my name's Aaron. Okay. I'm my own person as well but I fit the image. I was in all the keto stuff and I had bright colored hair, just like everybody else or a large, a large group of people within that team. And so I went the opposite way in 2020 and I was like, no, I'm not doing it. So I had to heal and take power, take, take back power of something that legitimately brought me joy. And so it's only been this year that I started to color my hair again. Right now it's like super bright purple and it was blue you know, a few months ago and I I'm having a lot of fun with it, but it was a trigger for me. It was something that I was like, no. And I just spent time with it and, and processed all of that and, and healed. And I was like, but you know what? I really love this. I love how I feel, you know? So yeah. Oh,
0: I'm so excited that you're back to being
1: colorful and loving it. Thank you so much. Yeah. It feels good. Um, And I think it's really interesting that I, that I chose to go back when I, when I started coloring my hair again, I went blue. Mm -hmm. And for me, blue is like the throat chakra. Mm -hmm. And if you guys don't know anything about the throat chakra, it's really about speaking up and speaking out. So the fact that after, you know, all of this, the first color I went back to was blue. And I didn't even realize it at the time. I was just like, oh, I'm going to do blue. Yeah. And it's just really cool to watch the pieces reveal themselves to me, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well,
0: thank you so much for coming on
1: and talking with me. I had so
0: much fun and I hope I'm, we went all over the place today, but I hope that People love it and enjoy it and they go and check out your podcast. And if anyone wants to come on and do an episode with me, you can email me at from humans at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram uh at Hunts to Humans, or you can go and be on Aaron's
1: podcast. Yes. I need to have you on my podcast too, Danielle, but I'm thinking probably the beginning of the year because I'm yeah. booked through January.
0: Yeah, I'm sure you
1: are about- too. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, everyone. Have a great night. Thank
1: you for having me.
0: You're welcome.